0: Brick Moon Fiction presents Eternal Silence by J.B. Toner, narrated by Nicholas Thurkettle. The eternal silence of those infinite spaces fills me with dread. Blaise Pascal. Fuck! Captain Hardcastle screamed and then died. If you had to crash land on the moon, Shackleton Crater was one of the best places not to do it. That abysmal meteor hole had not felt the touch of sunlight in over a billion years it was a black and terrible patch of midnight that the cosmos had never gotten around to scrubbing off. When the Ruby Rain commercial spaceflight out of Cape Canaveral hit the lunar surface, the impact killed the captain instantly. Lieutenant Commander Zeppelin, the second in command, was slightly less fortunate, surviving just long enough to be sucked out through the compromised hull. There is room for debate on whether his death was the result of suffocation, freezing, or explosive decompression, but one way or another, His tenure as ship's captain was unpleasant and brief. Lieutenant Ariana Longinus made it off the bridge and into the corridor before the pressurized door sealed, and before the ship had even skidded to a halt, she was implementing emergency procedures, beginning with finding the whiskey. Oi, what's happening then? Ariana grimaced. That was Orland Throat Warbler, the rapidly aging British rock star. Of course he'd survived. He was basically a live-action wily coyote. We had to make an emergency landing, she panted. Everything's under control. Don't panic. Who's panicking? I just want to know when we get to Mare Imbrium. Did you not? Sir, we just crash landed in outer space. We're not fucking going to Mare Imbrium. What's up, your skirt, then? Oi, is that wild turkey you're gulping? She shook her head, taking another long swallow. Excuse me, miss the lovely, waifish voice of tweeny New Age crooner Sarah Mist. Have we crashed? Are we dead now? Is this heaven? Yes, Ariana said firmly. Yes, it is. Sarah Mist gazed up at the titanium ceiling and smiled dreamily. It's so beautiful here. Mr. and Mrs. Flintlock, Bostonian billionaires, came stumbling into the corridor. Mr. Flintlock had a gash on his forehead and was dabbing at it with a pocket handkerchief as it dumped blood down his shirt front. Mrs. Flintlock's lips were pursed, and she was clutching her pet emu very tightly indeed. Lieutenant Longinus, I demand an explanation, she said in a voice that stopped just short of being too loud for a drawing room. We did not pay your exorbitant moon tour prices merely to be unceremoniously deposited in some unlit crater. Ariana nodded. I understand your concerns, ma'am. If you'll look out the window, you can see the floating corpse of Lieutenant Commander Zeppelin. I encourage you to take this up with him. Mrs. Flintlock opened her mouth, stood silently for a moment, and then closed it again. Right, said Orlin. Who wants some Coke, then? I think Pepsi is so much sweeter, don't you? said Sarah Mist, moving her hands as if playing an ethereal harp. I'm sure they have Pepsi in heaven. They do! he shouted cheerfully. In the taps instead of water. Me art stopped on stage during the third comeback tour. Then some wanker brought me back with Narcan. Spoiled me buzz it did. Ceramist's gaze floated around the room and finally settled on Ariana. Are you God? Sure, why not? The professional waif came up on her toes and swayed placidly. I really like hills. You did a good job making up hills. When their feet suddenly left the floor, Ariana thought for a split second that perhaps they were in fact coming unglued from the mortal sphere. Then she realized that the gravity had died, which meant that life support was shutting down non-essential functions. This is really unacceptable, Mr. Flintlock grumbled. His blood was now rising into the air in a galaxy of tiny red globes. Next thing you know, the lights will go out. Well, actually, and the lights went out. Ariana heaved a sigh and drank some more bourbon. I don't mind saying that I'm now becoming a bit alarmed, Mrs. Flintlock declared. I assume your company has some kind of rescue policy. Yes, ma'am, we do. The captain sent out a mayday as we were going down and there should be a ship coming to collect us within two hours. Thank goodness, she held up her emu. Little Alexander, you know, takes very poorly to stressful alert, said the voice of the ship's computer. Oxygen supply compromised. Artificial atmosphere will run out in ten minutes. Repeat ten minutes. Mrs. Flintlock once again lapsed into a silence broken only by the sound of Orland snorting something out of a baggie. I think I may lose consciousness, Mr. Flintlock said. Yes, sir, you definitely will, Ariana concurred. In ten minutes, if not sooner. It's okay, Sarah Mist crooned. Everyone dies. Orlin wiped his nose vigorously on his sleeve. You know, love, the evidence for that is purely anecdotal. You really not have any kind of backup measures, Flintlock said, his voice growing fainter. Oxygen tanks or something of that kind? Ariana raised her hands. The ruby rain was supposed to be uncrashable. Well, at least we haven't forgotten the lessons of history. Yeah, we may have cut some corners. Orland slapped Flintlock on the back. Getting light-headed, mate. You know what's good for that? Acid. Couldn't we just try pinching me or something? Ha! <laughs> Not like carbolics, you ninny. I'm talking about lysergic acid. You know, dots, flotters, LSD. I've never done drugs in my life. Last chance, then. Eh, fuck it said Mr. Flintlock. Why, George? Oh, for God's sake, Mabel, we'll be dead in ten minutes. Nine minutes, said Ariana. Nine minutes. Why not broaden our minds while we still can? It'll put you on the moon, Orland crowed. I liked it when the airplane talked, said Sarah Mist. He has a nice voice for an airplane. How about you, love? Want a hit? Oh, yes, I like new experiences. Lieutenant, Ariana hesitated for a moment, then shrugged. Sure, why not? Yeah, tabs all around. Orlin jostled Mrs. Flintlock, who drifted slowly toward the nearest wall. What a hit, Mrs. F. All the cool kids are doing it. Oh, oh I suppose. But none for Alexander. His constitution is very delicate. I promise I won't bite him then. I bit an emu on stage once, you know. It was astonishingly good nature about it. She let this pass without comment. Everyone took their acid, and Ariana passed around the wild turkey to wash it down. Sarah Mist fluttered her hovering feet and said, I don't feel any different. Patience, love. It takes a minute. We don't have a lot of minutes left, Ariana said irritably. Maybe acid takes longer to kick in when you're dead, said the waif. Okay, look, I've got a level with you. We're not actually...
1: Hi, earthlings! Pause. Welcome to the moon!
0: Okay, who the fuck said that? Ariana demanded. It was me! Everyone screamed. Right behind them in the cabin was a nine-foot-tall creature of waving green tentacles and staring purple eye clusters. Oh,
1: relax,
0: said the creature, its fanged maw palpitating
1: with amusement. You are gonna be dead in six minutes anyway. Are you going to eat us? Mrs. Flintlock cried. Nope. we don't eat or exercise. We're the Krellidons. Nice to meet ya."
0: Ariana pushed off the wall behind her and floated forward. Lieutenant Ariana Longinus, acting captain of the Ruby Reign, I greet you on behalf of Earth. The creature nodded what seemed to be its head.
1: How the hell are ya? Call me Klim. Klim of the Krelodons, are you peaceful? (laughs) If we weren't peaceful, we would have blown you idiots up a long time ago. You're really making a mess of that planet of yours. Do you? Are you planning to visit Earth? Sure. We go there most weekends. What? Why hasn't anyone ever seen you? People see us all the time. Everybody has an alien story. But why don't you reveal
0: yourselves? Talk to our leaders.
1: Your leaders are assholes.
0: Okay, yeah, that's true. So how come we're seeing you now?
1: We're six-dimensional. The only time you guys can communicate reliably with us is when you're on that LSD stuff. Ha! Orland shouted. I keep telling people it broadens the mind. You're not wrong, Throat Warbler. We dig your tunes, by the way. Course you do. You're an advanced enlightened race. Fucking right we are. Got any bourbon left?
0: "'Ariana peered suspiciously at Klim. "'Maybe. "'I don't just hand out hooch to every horrible alien monster "'that comes on
1: board, you know.' "'Fair enough. "'But y'all are going to be dead in five minutes unless we help you.' Seb, this cat,' Flim indicated Mr. Flintlock. "'He's probably going to bleed out first. "'Flintlock dabbed at his forehead,
0: "'from which a fog of blood continued to disperse through the air. "'It's fine.' I think I'd rather exsanguinate than asphyxiate, Orlin nodded. Good call, mate. Me drummer waterboarded me last month. It was very traumatic. Mr. Klim, said Sarah Mist, are you
1: an extraterrestrial? Oh, yeah. I think that's been pretty well established. Do your people listen to the music
0: of Sarah Mist?
1: Doesn't ring a bell. Sounds a bit Nancy, to be honest. All right, that's worth a drink,
0: Ariana said, handing over the bourbon. Oh, yeah, Klim took a long swig. You're a pretty cool chick for an earthling, Longinus. Well, you're not so bad for a freakish inhuman abomination. Cheers. Okay, okay, don't hog the turkey. Alert, said the ship's computer. Oxygen supply terminally low. Prepare for imminent
1: demise. Repeat, imminent demise. Oh, right, that whole dying thing that you people do, Klim said. So
0: you guys want a hand or what? I wouldn't say no to a hand right now, Ariana conceded. Cool. And shit got weird. Ariana gradually became aware of a long string of Ariana's stretching away behind her, each of them frozen in a moment of action. Digging out the bourbon, Diving out of the bridge, hearing Captain Hardcastle's Mayday, boarding the Ruby Rain, waking up this morning, going to sleep last night. If she squinted, she could track herself all the way back to flight school, to high school, to preschool. And then, gradually, she became aware of dozens, hundreds, thousands of other Arianas branching off from the centipede of self that went back to her mother's womb. An Ariana who dropped out of flight school, an Ariana who died in a car crash, Married Ariana, Artist Ariana, Junkie Ariana, all peeling off from the central string of choices that made her this woman standing on the moon. And then she saw the Arianas going forward, another radiating spray of centipedes, a million possible futures, and all the moments that made up every possibility. As she stood there gazing at her future selves, she became aware of the passing seconds, realized that her current self was now becoming the nearest future self, that the old current self was becoming the latest past self, as her consciousness lit up the next section of the centipede. She raised her left hand and watched a whole string of possible future Arianna's go dark, all the alternate realities in which she had stayed still or raised the other hand at that exact moment, now gone forever. A new branch of infinities opened up, starting from her new position with her left hand.
1: Welcome to the sixth dimension, said Klim. She
0: glanced at him and realized that she could see all past and future Klim's as well, radiating back and forth through time and space and possibility. She watched him coming aboard the spaceship two and a half minutes ago, watched the two of them interact in the past that was now present to her gaze. She could see the strings of their selves intertwining into the future as their conversation continued. She chose a path and watched both of their future self-strings light up as a new branch of possibilities began from the moment in which she said, This is fucked all the way up to the roof. A trillion alternate realities in which she had not said those exact words went dark.
1: Yep, said Clem. Life is strange. For you, it's strange in one way. For us, it's strange in another. But life is strange for everybody. This is extremely interesting, Mr. Flintlock said, going fetal. But I'm still bleeding from the head. Oh, sorry, bro, Clem said. I forgot you're new to this. Just look for a possible future in which your cells spontaneously regenerate. Do, Do what now? It's something that can theoretically happen in human beings. But it's incredibly rare because you guys don't know how to look for the less probable strands. Let me help you out. He raised a
0: tentacle and pointed through the strands of his own future, which Ariana could now see intertwining with flintlocks as well as hers, as well as that of the others on board.
1: Here's one. Just kind of, you know, shuffle over into this universe. I don't... Oh, I see. How interesting. And
0: all six of them entered a new string of possible futures, in which flintlock's forehead was now knitting itself back together right in front of them. The bleeding stopped, and the color
1: came back into his cheeks. What an amazing thing! Yeah, I guess it is. That's one of the nice things about hanging around with you humans, you know. We tend to take stuff like this for granted, but it's fun to see it from a fresh perspective once in a while. Plus, humans make the best bourbon. Speaking of. I thought
0: you said crelodonts don't eat or excrete, Ariana said, clutching her bottle defensively.
1: I mean, we don't have to, but it's only polite to accept gestures of gratitude from people whose lives we're saving.
0: Wow! Way to play the saving your life card. Fine, here's the damn whiskey. Excuse me, Mrs. Flintlock said delicately.
1: Not that this isn't terribly fascinating and all, but I was wondering if we might go home now. Sure thing, Miss F., Clym said. You see, there's a phenomenon that your scientists call quantum tunnelling, whereby an object can essentially fall through the fabric of space-time to instantaneously appear at a different location. It's so improbable that it wouldn't spontaneously happen even once in the entire lifespan of the universe, but luckily... Crelodons have it down to an art form. He pointed at another future strand. There you go. Here's a reality in which all you guys and your emu will quantum tunnel back to Cape Canaveral in approximately three seconds. Oi! Wait a tick, cried Orlin. There's so much more you can teach us.
0: So much more we can... The sudden weight of earth-normal gravity, the sudden glare of bright Florida sunshine all around, The radiating strings of their infinitely possible selves faded away, and all was as it had been. Ceramist smiled dreamily and said, That was a beautiful, mystical adventure. Oh, shut the fuck up, said Mrs. Flintlock. Gotta hand it to you, Lieutenant, Orland said. That was the best space flight I've ever had. That six-dimensional son of a bitch, said Ariana Longinus, he took my goddamn bourbon. J.B. Toner studied literature at Thomas More College and holds a black belt in ohana-kilohana-kenpo Jitsu. He and his lovely wife just had their first daughter, Ms. Sonia Magdalena Rose. Toner writes when he can, drinks when he can't, and tweets at antiherocouplet at twitter.com, in between.
1: This has been a production of the Brick Moon Fiction Podcast. If you like what you hear, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, as it helps us find a bigger audience. For more information on Brick Moon and special offers, sign up for the Brick Moon Fiction newsletter at brickmoonfiction.com. Thank you for listening.